A recent poll came out discussing what are some pre-retirees and retirees' financial concerns given the volatility, inflation, and the possible fear of a recession. So in today's podcast, we're going to dig deeper into this Kiplinger poll. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with CloudVestor. Untangling Your Finances at this podcast definitely does that and so does Mo Param and the team at Cloud Vesters and cloudvesters.com wherever you are in your financial life we're going to look a little bit at, at retirement today in the podcast but just keep in mind at Cloud Vesters they're there for you whether you've just started your career and want to get a financial plan together for your life or whether you're entering retirement or in retirement Mo that's what you do and how are you Dave, Dave, I'm doing great. How are you doing? You had to rhyme something with great. Oh. Um, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. Oh, rhymes man, I'm not, great. I'm not. What rhymes with great? I, I don't know. Fate? Date? Date. I'm, I, I always look forward to this date. I always look forward to this date. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, we record on Fridays, and I'm usually a little punch drunk and silly on Fridays after a hard week. And, and I'm a little tired. You know, yesterday was the first day of um, actual football. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I stayed up a little later than I normally would to watch the game. Did your team win? Uh, my well, my fantasy's team sucked. So oh. um, I had one player play yesterday. I won't name his name, okay. but uh, he delivered nothing. He delivered absolutely really? nothing. Yeah, didn't do it, huh? He didn't do it, but that's okay. That's okay. His first game, you know, uh, rusty legs, and you know we have um, you know we have a, a full slate this weekend on Sunday and Monday. So hopefully, the rest of my squad can you know t- t- can uh, can pick up his his share. Hey, I wanted to mention Queen Elizabeth. She's yes. been the queen our entire lives. Yes, she has been. And it's kind of sad. I mean, it's more than kind of sad, but it's sad in a selfish sense because it's like so many things of your life, you know, of our lives are going away, it seems like. And yeah, yeah, you know, she she was like you said the the I think she was the longest standing she was, monarch. She was. And, and she goes back to uh, her first prime minister that she dealt with was Winston Churchill. I mean, it was when he insane. got his second run as prime minister in the early 50s. Isn't that insane? Winston that Churchill. <laughs> and Charles She's seen a lot. <laughs> She has seen a lot, and uh, yeah, you know it's uh, it, it's it's sad, right? I mean, it's it's sad when we when we lose anyone, and I'm sure you know the entire UK is is grieving for. Oh yeah, it's different, right? It's different, but you know, here in the states, we have a president, and you know, he or she, well, it's just been he or she's yet lately, but I mean, not yeah. lately ever, ever. But uh, you know, you have four years, and maybe at the most eight. And then it's a brand new person at the helm. But imagine 50 plus years of, you know, this is, you know, the buck stops here. This is your queen, your king. That's that's insane. And all of a sudden that person's gone. I mean, yeah, that that's a long time. And here's another thing that we can't say anymore. And maybe you have never said this. I've said it a lot. Let's say somebody's spending 
a lot of time cleaning their house or whatever. And you can say something like, man, you, you're cleaning so much. You think, what is Queen Elizabeth coming over tonight or something? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. We can't say that. I'm not going to say King Charles. What is King <laughs> Charles coming? <laughs> and you know what he ought to do? And then I swear we'll get to the topic. King Charles, I think, had to take the throne to pass it down to his oldest son, William. So what he ought to do, and it would really be a shot in the arm for the monarchy, is if King Charles, I think he has to take the throne first, but if he would abdicate um, like his great uncle did back in 1936, then Prince William could come in as king. And man, wouldn't that be a shot in the arm for the monarchy? Oh, man. To get that youth in there, you know? Talk about talk about turning the tables around. Mm-hmm. No, but he's been waiting. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. No, you, no, no. He, he, he's been waiting a long time. Been waiting a long time. <laughs> let's say his entire life. All right. Well, let's get into this Kiplinger survey conducted in June of this year, asking right. just over 800 Americans their thoughts on retirement. So we're going to really dig into these numbers. Um, all right. Let's look at retirees in this survey on the outlook of their financial future. How are they feeling about the future in their retirement? Well, 70% um, of this 800, you know, of the retirees felt like they, they had enough income to live comfortably. And 66% felt confident that they will not run out of money in retirement. So, you know, that's in my opinion, I'd love for 100% of everyone to feel comfortable that they're going to have a secure retirement. But, you know, it is, it is, when I saw, when I saw that number, I was actually a little surprised because when you listen to the media, uh, watch news, yeah. uh, and then, you know, even just, even some fears and concerns that even when I'm sitting with clients that they when they look at inflation and market volatility, um, I'm surprised that 70% feel like they have enough income that will last them through retirement. Well, that's amazing. What's amazing? What, what 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 do you attribute that confidence to? Well, you know, I would say you know it's it's interesting, right? So it depends on how far you're into retirement. I'd say if you are 10 years, 12 years, 15 years into retirement, um, well, then you've, you've, well, let's say you're 10 years into retirement, right? You're probably, you know, done with the big spending, right? You're probably, you know, took that, those big trips you were going to take. You've probably, uh, you know, the go-go years have been, you know, kind of taken care of already. So now it's maybe more time with family. Maybe health is a little bit of a concern. So we're not traveling as much. Um, and you've, and really you've probably got a good sense of what your budget looks like, what your, what your retirement spending plan is because you've been in retirement for, you know, almost a decade or over a decade. So I would say the confidence probably comes into, well, you know, forget about market volatility. I understand my budget. So if I need to pull things back because of inflation, I can, Okay. Uh, if I need to pull things back from the market because I have a good sense of my budget. So I, I, I would say if, if I dug even deeper, I'd, I'd bet that this 70%, a large portion of them have been retired for, for a while. For a while. Yeah. yeah. And oh, okay. That's a good lead into this next part of the survey, because on the other hand, pre-retirees are far less confident in their financial future and retirement. Uh, Mo, less than 55% of respondents uh, are confident that, that, that they 
less than 55% are confident that they will not run out of money at some point. That's a lot of people on that survey. Right. A, a big chunk and, of, of that percentage of that survey thinking that they'll run out. Yeah, I, I would, I, cause they, they can't forecast it, right? They don't, they don't, it's, it's a completely different mindset and transition when you retire, you know, both of us are working and we're used to getting a paycheck every two weeks, every month, however you get paid, but we're used to just, you know, you know, punching in, going in, doing your work and getting paid and comp- getting compensated for it mm-hmm. and, and saving and just accumulating and saving and building our, our net worth. But when you retire, you're basically not getting an income right, outside of Social Security or maybe a pension, but you're not going to work. You're, you're, you're trading in your assets to develop and create income for you. And so it doesn't surprise me much that you know, retirees who don't have a plan, one, aren't sure you know, what inflation, what the markets, what interest rates are going to look like, when they, what Social Security is going to look like when they retire. But also, they aren't even sure, you know, how to transition these assets that they've built to create income. Well, and we're looking at this Kiplinger survey from June this year. Uh, over 800 Americans and asking their thoughts on retirement. So, what are the what, what are the results from the survey on uh, stock market volatility? So, 49 percent of retirees responded that they have concerns about the market volatility. And you know the the and how that's creating any type of economic troubles in, during their retirement. So yeah, I mean that makes sense, right? It's, it's you know there's a lot of volatility going mm-hmm. on right now, and you know what's that going to do in, moving forward to the economy? You know, I, it's you know there's fears of recession, right? But you know when when we look at the market volatility, the the reason why this is pretty scary for individuals is because one of the things that's happening this year is over the last, what we've seen this year is that the bond market and the stock market, the equity market are falling basically at the same rate. And that hasn't happened. This hasn't happened over the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. So when there's typically, when there is volatility in the market, what do most people do? They may go into some bonds, right? Something um, that is quote unquote secure, something mm-hmm. that's safe. But when the bond market is dropping at the same time as the stock market, as the equity markets it is falling, where do you go for safety? And that's the thing that's a concern for a lot of these right. uh, retirees is, well, what, where do I do? What do I do to, yeah, I, to I, combat do go, volatility? Do I go cash? Do I go you can't cash? go all cash, right? You can't. You can't go all cash. Shouldn't. Do I keep putting in the market? Should I keep doing it? Putting it in bonds? Well. Well, shoot, the bond market's down 12% this year. So where do I go? What do I do? Yeah. Well, again, this uh, concerning stock market volatility, again, it's a higher percentage of pre-retirees as opposed to retirees with concerns. Um, What about when they're asked in this survey, how are you acting on market volatility? So 68% of retirees uh, reported that they're going to be patient and not make any changes to the response of the volatility, while 60% of pre-retirees uh, said they're going to be patient. So, you know, about that 60 to 70% okay. feel like they're going to be patient. Waiting uh, it out, realizing it the out. nature and the cyclical nature of, of the markets and the economy. How about what are the results of any questions on Social Security? 
So 83% of retirees have already claimed their Social Security benefits. And we've seen that the, the, the mean of uh, the claim age is about 63 years old. Okay. So that's, huh. that's pretty interesting. A lot of uh, people claim early, surprisingly. A lot of people are claiming early. You know, when we do our workshops, uh, we do in-person workshops um, regarding Social Security. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, how many people are filing for Social Security before their full retirement age. And, you know, when you think about it, it's, well, what's the reason why someone will file earlier than their full retirement age? It could be because of health. Right. If your full retirement age is somewhere between 66 and 67, but, you know, grand you know, uncle passed away at 65. Dad didn't really have a great ticker. Um, you know, uncles are, you know, uh, are dropping dead at 70. You may say to yourself, well, I don't have enough time. I may not even make it to 66, 67. So I'll just take my benefit now. Um, it's, it's a gamble, isn't it? In many ways. Yeah, it's a gamble because Social Security is not an asset that you can leave, you can will to uh, to to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, the only person who are, is able to benefit from Social Security, well, retirement Social Security, is is your spouse, mm-hmm. and that's only if your benefit is higher than theirs. So, um, you know, if you don't take that benefit and and you decide to defer it and wait till your full retirement age, or wait till seventy, and you know, God forbid, you passed away. Well, then it's gone, right? It's not going anywhere. Right. Well, Mo is running down this recent Kiplinger poll. And again, 800 Americans, or a little over 800, their thoughts on retirement. So now this is going to be interesting. The results from this survey, when asked beyond Social Security, what will be your stable source of income? Yeah, so the which is the name of the game, right? When it comes to retire, well, basically a successful and a secure retirement is not running out of income, not running out of assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in addition to Social Security, a lot of these retirees are, are looking towards a pension. Now, again, pensions are far few in between nowadays, but pensions do provide that guaranteed income. But then we're also looking at income from bonds, um, dividend-paying stocks, and then you know money in CDs, annuities, and savings accounts. So they're using all of these instruments to uh, to sh- to build a a stable income plan for themselves, which is huge, right? Yeah. Because if you have it, more, yeah, that's stability. Yeah, the more income you can have, uh, the stability exactly, just like you said, and then that may take a little less pressure from your assets to generate um, the income for right. you. Right. What are some What are some others saying about what will be their additional income stream? Uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, some of them are saying again, um, you know, distributions from uh, annuities, right? That's a, that's another, uh, that's a whole other area. Seems like if you correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't have a pension, then it seems like you really need to take a look at a fixed indexed annuity. To me, yeah, yeah, you're you're looking at it, you're looking at it as creating your own pension. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way the annuities work are, well, fixing its annuities, the one you just mentioned. I'm not saying definitely would be good for you, but take a look at it. Yeah, you know, taking a look at it. Yeah, definitely taking a look at it. And and, and I would say the, the annuity market overall this year, um, the interest has has spiked up because what what was also what was previously, you know, deemed as a, a, a bad investment or a bad instrument 
we're starting to see the the power of having a fixed indexed annuity in these markets now where you have an asset that literally cannot lose value so in these market conditions especially when you're retiring well if you need to take distributions uh, why would we take distributions from an asset like the that's that's losing value yeah. when we turn on income from an asset that hasn't so yeah annuities have been you know one of the surprising in my opinion um, rises this year just because of the the, the negative connotation uh, annuities have but you know at the end of the day my goal is to make sure our clients are successful in their in their well my retiree clients are successful in their plan and i'm going to use everything that's out there to make sure that they are secure we're only rolling through more of this survey of uh, uh, about 800 or more people um, conducted June of this year, so not that long ago, and it's about their thoughts on retirement. So this is going to be interesting to go through. Let's uh, get the breakdown. And again, and again, we're in, in, we're looking at people either retired or pre-retired or not retired for some of these results here. So let's start with what are they saying about running out of money? So 50% of retirees felt like they, uh, they're they not too worried about running out of money. So basically half mm-hmm. are concerned about running out of money and the other half aren't, which, which, which is pretty interesting, right? You yeah. Know, split right down the middle. On retired uh, people. Yeah. On retired people. And, you know, 43% of them feel like their income, uh, they want to make sure that their income can cover at least their, their, their basic living expenses. Yeah. Okay. Right, so this, their baseline living expenses, you want to make sure that at least that's covered. Before we get to inflation and results from this survey on inflation, let's check in with uh, with Ed Yardini. Inflation remains, of course, a major concern for most of us. And I don't want to call Ed Yardini, who is president of Yardini Research, I don't want to call him being Pollyanna-ish, but he certainly He's glasses half full here on inflation. He tells MarketWatch things seem to be trending in the right direction. I'd be surprised how inflation uh, comes down. You know, we've had a pretty dramatic drop in the price of gasoline. Came down a lot in July, came down uh, further in August. We also saw used car prices coming down. And as strange as it seems, it's, uh, that was a big source of inflation in the CPI measures. Uh, all in all, I think we're going to see inflation moderating all by itself. I mean, I would think if you're talking to him and you say, wow, it looks like a terrible storm coming up, Mr. Yardini. No, I think it'll just be a sprinkle or two. doesn't look that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hey, I hope he's right. You know, but what are the results on inflation from the survey from retired and not retired people? Yeah, I hope he's right, too. I mean, I was looking at the uh, uh, went to the gas station today and, and uh, it was two ninety five a gallon. I mean, yeah, that is going down. I mean, yeah, we're, seeing down. we're seeing we're that we're seeing we're seeing that's that's good yeah uh, but retirees you know 64 percent are are fearful that uh, inflation will cause some damage some hardship to their retirement plan and 77 uh, percent of non-retirees felt that way so it, it's interesting um that 77 percent of non-retirees feel and and well you know when i think about that is you know we don't know how long this inflationary period ever in this high inflationary period is going to last right right and the fed seem have, have been very confident not confident have been uh, very adamant about doing whatever it takes to to reduce inflation. to bring it down 
to bring it down. And if, whether that's, you know, keep raising interest rates till, you know, until they reach the moon, they're going to do it in order to reduce uh, inflation. So, you know, one way that we can combat inflation in some areas is, especially if you're not retired yet, is to invest, right? Continue investing in the market so that your, your assets can hopefully increase past the inflation. Well, you talk about finding opportunities. Uh, yeah, Right, yeah. finding opportunities in the market. So maybe the pre-retirees feel like, well, they can adjust to inflation, mm-hmm. um, but the retirees feel like it's going to cause a bigger damage. Well, that makes sense because, um, you know, as, you, as you're in retirement, the ability to generate income is basically low, right? I mean, unless right. you want to go back into work. So in some aspects, your way to, to attack and address inflation is, is a little limited when you're retired, unless you have a plan in place beforehand. All right. And, and we actually have another whole segment to get to. But wrapping up this uh, breakdown of this survey, when asked which of the following strategies most closely matches how you currently withdraw, as we're actually going to get into withdrawal here or plan to withdraw money from your retirement savings each year. What were the results? This is, this is disturbing. 35% of retirees and 30% of pre-retirees said they have no set plan. It will withdraw money. They will draw whatever money I need. Ooh, you need a plan. In quotes, quotes, Mm -hmm. no set plan. We'll withdraw whatever money I need. That is, that is a recipe for disaster. Just to just to withdraw without some blueprint. Just withdraw without some blueprint. If you are, you know, where do I withdraw? Do I withdraw withdraw from my taxable accounts or from my IRA or from my four hundred one k or my Roth? I'm just going to take fifty thousand this year, sixty thousand this year. You know, which which stocks should I sell? Which which mutual funds should I sell? If they don't really have a plan around how they're going to distribute that income. You know, it could be a disaster, especially in a year like now. I mean, think about it. The market is down 15 plus percent, depending on which indice you look at. Um, you're going to you're going to, you know, reduce that that account by, you know, just by 15 percent of market volatility. But right. then take distributions without any type of clarity on, you know, which asset you're going to use to to, to uh, develop that income for you. Yeah, you know, that's that's. You know, that is putting too much pressure on your assets, way too much pressure. And you've got to have it. You've got to have an income plan. Well, we retire. We've said it before here as far as retirement of today, um, that it is just more critical, more necessary than ever to work with a professional. But 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 Mo, in closing on this survey, were you surprised when asked about if they're going to work with a professional financial advisor and then the results of uh, retirees and pre-retirees. Yeah. 17, only, only 17% of retirees and 11% of pre-retirees uh, say they, they'll rely on a uh, professional a financial advisor to tell them how much to withdraw. So here's what they're going to do. They're going to go to YouTube and uh, pull up a video that starts with, hi guys uh, today. <laughs> You got to say hi, guys. You know, guys. today we're going to talk about um, how to retire. Uh, before we get into the topic today, be sure to smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just no. To me, I can't imagine trying to go that at it alone. On yeah, that. yeah. I mean, 
you know, less than a fifth of retirees and less than one tenth or just about one tenth of pre-retirees. You know, I look at it again, glass half full, right? Glass half full or glass half empty. That just means that there are more people out there that need our help. Yeah. And we have to just go out there and, 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 and uh, reach out to them and, you know, be a resource because I'd, I'd be, you know, if 90% of pre-retirees feel like they they can handle the withdrawals on their own during retirement, it, that's, that's just, again, that just means that there's just a lot of people out there that we need to help. Yeah. And, and some, and a lot of people who need to maybe know that they really would fare better, likely, maybe, hopefully, more than likely, if they had a plan. Well, you know, Mo was talking about withdrawal strategies. So, we're going to take a quick break, but straight ahead, it is easy to forget that all that money you save in your 401k or IRA is going to be taxed on the way out, thanks to required minimum distributions. So when we come back, RMD mistakes to avoid. can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning, the convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch? That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. That's a relationship you can trust. At CloudVestors, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's CloudVestors. That's CloudVestors.com. Back at it, your finances untangled with Mo Param. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. Mo Param and the team at CloudVestors ready to help you in your financial life. Now, we're talking a lot about retirement today. But um, keep in mind, this podcast talks about all areas in the financial universe, and and they help people in all stages of their financial life. Visit the website. It is cloudvestors.com, cloudvestors.com. And you can reach out to them if you want to set up that initial consultation, which, of course, can be done virtually because that's the whole premise. I mean, the whole idea of the birth of cloudvestors, it is to have the human touch, but also the convenience of virtual planning. And it was born out of out of necessity in that regard because they had a lot of people, uh, clients of their brick-and-mortar financial business moving, didn't want to end that relationship. So there you go. Now you have CloudVestors and CloudVestors.com. Right. Well, That's we looked right. at that survey. Man, I was shocked on some of the results with that survey, but I think the most shocking was retirees and pre-retirees, the um, – low number of people who said they plan to work with a financial professional. And this is not a sales pitch thing. This is truly shocking because I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go it alone in retirement. There's so much to consider. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's just, there's just way too much to consider. I, I think, you know, that number, you know, I actually had, a, I actually had a, uh, a meeting yesterday with a potential client. And we were going over their projected cash flow and strategy for them to consider as they start to prepare for retirement. So they're 60, I think he's 66 and she's 64. Mm -hmm. And 
they work with an advisor who's, in my opinion, is more of a broker than an actual advisor. And I was asking them questions and showing them, you know, giving them some strategies. And they were shocked. They're, they said that their advisor has has never brought up these questions, never brought up these scenarios. Hmm. And to, the, to their credit, they said that they never even asked, that they didn't even know what to ask. And they didn't know all the different level, layers that, he, that, that a retirement plan uh, considered. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, that there's such a low number that feel like they can, they'll, they'll use a financial advisor to help them with it because they don't know what they don't know. That's right? a they good point. Know, they don't know how to navigate these retirement seas and these and the retirement waters where we do. Right. Right. And they don't, you're right. Uh, and so the urgency, the sense of urgency may not be there because they don't know what they don't know. And a lot of times they don't know what questions to ask. So I know when you meet with someone, uh, you encourage questions because really from the questions, you can learn more about them, their concerns. And if you're plan doing retirement planning, how they see their retirement. But I'm sure that you also, of course, bring up those things that they weren't aware that they needed to ask about. Well, it, you know, there's there's a lot of confusion overall. A lot of the moving parts of retirement planning. We're going to move into required minimum distributions after saving for years in an IRA or 401k or other tax deferred retirement plan. You do eventually have to take that money out and you do eventually have to pay taxes on it. Now, if you're 35 or 40, you think, oh, that is an eternity away. But that day will come. That day will come. <laughs> so um, we're going to take a look at that time of your life. when, you, As it stands now, the Secure, original SECURE Act raised the RMD, required minimum distribution, age two, from 70 and a half to 72. So and, uh, SECURE Act 2.0, which I'm hearing that uh, we're getting close possibly to some passage on that proposes to incrementally raise it, but right now it's at 72. So let's start with this one, taking your RMDs at the wrong time. And I know there's that big penalty in there too. I mean, if you miss it, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. How does it, but but it's also confusion on when your birthday falls and all that, isn't it? Yeah. So if your birthday, so again, the age is 72. So that's the kicker right there. Mm -hmm. So if your birthday falls between January and June, then tech, then, in the RMD world, you'll turn 72 by the end of the calendar year. Uh, but if your birthday falls J July through December, then you won't turn 72 into the next calendar year, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird. Which is kind of weird of how just, they calculate that. Just that sentence alone made made me further know <laughs> that I need help. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the way they look at it, but... But typically, so that's that's the way they categorize the age of seventy-two. But then, you have to take your RMD by the by December thirty-first of each year. Okay. Okay. So at the end of the year, you can you have to take your RMD. You can take it out however you want, right? If you want to take it out one lump sum, if you want to take it out on a monthly basis, you know, prorated throughout the course of the year, you could take it quarterly. It doesn't even matter. But as long as the amount is taken out by December thirty-first. Of each year. Okay. Now your first RMD, you technically are able to delay it until a until April first of the following year. Okay. So if you're turning seventy two this year, technically you could turn it. You can wait till April first of next year to take the RMD that you're supposed to take this year. But now keep in mind, here's 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 a mistake that some well I don't say a mistake, but 
an overlooked strategy that most people don't don't think about. Well, if you take that strategy and wait till April 1st of next year to take your RMD, by the end of that year, you will be turning 73. You got to take so another one. So you have to take another one by the, by the end of that year. So they could, there's a possibility of you taking two RMDs distributions out in one year. What's the hazard now. of that? Well, the hazard of that is, remember, all of this is being taxed. Mm-hmm. So if you all of a sudden have to take a, you know, two $20,000 contra- uh, distributions in one year, so now you're looking at an additional forty grand of income being taxed, well, that could play an uh, impact on how much of your Social Security benefits are going to be taxed. And that can also put you into a higher bracket to determine what your Medicare premiums are going to be and whether you're going to pay a little bit of an increase in your Medicare premiums. That's right. Oh, yeah. So it's not just what taxes you'd pay, but it could make your premium go up. That's right, because it's all considered income. Ugh. So that's one thing that you really want to be careful with, right, is, is you know, making sure that we're taking the required minimum distributions at the right time. Well, how do you even know, again, if you're not working with a professional, how do you even know how much you you have to take out each time? (laughs) Well, you get a state, well, you should be getting a statement from your investment accounts. Because remember, your required minimum distributions are for pre-tax accounts. So IRAs, 401ks, uh, 403bs, anything that's Mm pre-tax as far as having a required minimum distribution. So um, what was that with that? Yeah, so so at the at the beginning of the year, you receive a statement, mm-hmm. and it should say what your RMDs are for that year. Uh, your RMDs are based off of your your account values by December thirty first of the previous year. Okay. So so anyone who's receiving an who has taken RMD this year, it's based off of the account value of their IRAs for all these pre tax accounts of December 31st, 2021. Whatever the account balance was for that, for those accounts at the end of last year, mm-hmm. your RMDs based off of that account balance. Mm. I'm going to bring whatever I get in the mail. Hopefully it has IRS <laughs> on it. So I don't throw it away because I, I wouldn't throw anything away that had IRS on it. Oh, uh, no, no. It's not the, well, the IRS, oh, this isn't from the IRS. This is a statement from your brokerage accounts. Oh, right, right. Okay, so the does the IRS remind you also? Oh, or? No, they, just, they just penalize you. Oh, they don't remind you. <laughs> oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. I well, thought maybe you would get you? an IRS thing like, hey, you got an RMD due this year, but you don't no, get that, huh? No, why would they remind you? They want to get you. They want, to, <laughs> well, they want, they want you to not oh, take no. the RMD. Well, whatever I get from whoever, I'm going to take it to you and just say, make it happen. But, you know, it, this this next thing, too, this is a really good point of, again, needing a professional because a lot of those things we don't know that we what we don't know, and that is that. RMD rules differ from IRAs and 401ks. That's right. That's right. So um, if you have a if you have an IRA, for instance, then you to to uh, uh, to realize your for your, your sorry to realize the RMDs, you basically add up the balances of all your traditional IRAs, and then you divide it by your life expectancy factor, which is a which is a chart that you can find. But anyway, that's to determine what your IRA, um, what your RMD amount is. But if you have more than one 401k, 
you must uh, calculate the RMD separately for each of those accounts and mm. take the required amount from each one, which is huge. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so, so, so here's, so let me try to clear this up. So RMDs, uh-huh. right? If you have multiple IRAs, which is one reason why we talk when we talk with clients is, you know, doing a little bit of consolidation because your RMD for your IRAs are based off of an aggregate amount. So okay. let's say you have two IRAs, uh, hundred thousand each, so two hundred thousand mm-hmm. total. Your RMDs for your IRAs are going to be based off of two hundred thousand dollars. So you so don't let, have to take one from each one if you have multiples. Just take the right amount out. Just take the right amount. So if your RMD is ten grand for this year, well, you can take five grand from one IRA, five grand from another, uh-huh. ten grand from one. Right, one grand from another, nine grand from the other. It doesn't matter as long as you take out ten grand. Okay. Well, let's make it even more confusing. Oh, go ahead. Finish. Here, I'll make it more confusing. Okay. (laughs) If you have multiple four hundred one k's, though, uh huh, you have to you have to factor in the RMD amount for each four hundred one k, and then take the RMD from each account. So Uh there's no. There's no consolidating. So if you have, that's why you shouldn't have a lot of 401ks out there. That's, that's, that's the question about consolidating, right? Right. Um, Because you are, again, one good thing that you mentioned before is, well, am I going to, am I going to get a notice from my, from the IRS telling me I'm having, I have a RMD? No, (laughs) you should be getting letters from your providers, your brokers, your, your, wherever you have your accounts. Uh Uh-huh. Well, if you have four, five, six different accounts, let's say you've moved, they don't have the correct address for you, or you just toss out that envelope thinking it was nothing. You could forget it. You could forget it, and it's a and it's a fifty percent penalty if you forget to take your if you neglect to take your your RMDs. And you know, speaking of Secure Act two point another proposal in that what it's going to look like if it passes, and I think it will. It's bipartisan support. But whether this will remain in it, but they are proposing limiting that se- oh, severe penalty of fifty yeah. percent plus taxes owed. But you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Fifty percent penalty. Now let's 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 make it even more confusing. Okay, let's say <laughs> let's say you have a Roth four hundred one k and a Roth IRA. Yes. From which. Must you <laughs> take an RMD? Uh, I don't know if you heard the phones ringing, but people are just want, people are they're calling. already calling in. They're, they're like, this <laughs> This is too confusing. Please, just please, Mo, see me today. <laughs> oh, yeah, so this makes it even more confusing. Roth IRAs, you do not have to take any RMDs. No out. RMD on a no Roth, Roth IRA. Roth. You've already paid the taxes on it. Already paid taxes on it, so no yeah. RMDs. However, a Roth 401k, you have to take the RMDs, but they're not taxable. Why do they even make you take an RMD then? I mean, because if it's a Roth 401k, you've already paid the taxes. So what's the, what's the deal on that? <laughs> I have no idea. Because it could it could kick you up in a higher tax bracket, though, right? There's still that no, it's potential. All, it's, all, it's not taxable. Oh, that's right. So it doesn't even do that. Oh, you're right. Okay. Well, that makes no sense then. 
You should I have no idea. But let's make sure we keep this good. This is where someone could really mess up because they may know they don't have to take it out on a Roth IRA, but they may not know that they do have to take uh, an RMD on a Roth 401k. And even though they don't know the taxes, if they miss it, there's still that 50% penalty, right? That's right. That's right. It's still a 50% penalty. Good. Oh, we mean for the, for the Roth, for the, for the Roth. Again? If you miss the Roth four hundred one k RMD, even though you don't owe the pack the taxes, you're still yeah, penalized still if you miss it. Right. It's crazy. Wow. You don't do it. You don't want to do it. Okay. So, what if you are still working after reaching RMD age of seventy two? So, if you're still working after age seventy two, um, you don't you don't have to take uh, an RMD out from your four hundred one k from your current employer if so if you're still employed at 73 years old you've got a 401k with your employer you do not have to take a distribution out okay, okay. however uh, if you have iras that are that are hanging out elsewhere you still have to take rmds out if you have previous employer 401ks you do you do have to take rmds but it's just from your current employer you don't have to man i'm i'm like dizzy I'm dizzy. <laughs> I'm dizzy from this. What do, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, what do you do is, is you, you create a plan. Yeah. You create a plan to, to and this is, this goes back into, you know, what, what, um, you know, we talked about in the last segment where there's a, you know, less than 20% of people want to use uh, our, an advisor to help them with their withdrawals. I mean, this is thing, these are things that you have to consider, you know, and, and one, one bad mistake, one one bad decision can cost you, you know, fifty percent penalty plus taxes. Can it cost you your Social Security being taxed? Can cost your Medicare premiums going up. Um, so yeah, so what, what you want to do is is create a plan, create a strategy, to that that makes sense for you, and that's what we do for our clients. You definitely do. And again, the website is cloudvestors.com, cloudvestors.com. Well, thanks so much, Mo. Again, this is really good for retirees. I'm telling you, you had a lot of good information here for retirees, which is good. We should. I'm glad we visit retirement on this podcast as well as other stages of financial lives because that's a big stage. It's getting longer, and there are a lot of moving parts. So, you know, from time to time, we'll we'll visit that time of your life. But, Mo, we'll get back together again next Friday right here. Sounds like a plan, Dave. Hope you're with us. We drop them Fridays. Your finances untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Investment advisory services offered through Foundations Investment Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Moise Param and his guests provide general information, not personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. The opinions expressed on this program are not intended to be a recommendation or investment advice and do not constitute a solicitation to buy, sell, or hold a security or an investment strategy. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.